0: I'm your host, Andy Earle. We're here today with Magnus Resch talking about how to become a successful artist. What do you do as a parent if you have a teenager who's interested in art or thinks that they want to become an artist? Magnus is an art market economist, a serial entrepreneur, a best-selling author, the founder of LarrysList.com, MagnusClass.com, and the Magnus app, which works like Shazam for art. He holds a PhD in economics. He studied at Harvard, and his career has been portrayed in a Harvard Business School case study and in various articles in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Vanity Fair, and Financial Times. He is also a professor of art management. He lectures at Yale University. In 2018, he published a paper in the world's leading academic journal, Science. His study analyzed over half a million artists to determine what it actually is that leads an artist to be successful, and it's considered to be the most relevant study of artistic success ever conducted. It was covered in over 100 newspapers. We're going to be talking with Magnus today about how parents can support teenagers who are interested in art, what his best advice is for young people who are interested in getting into the arts, the factors that actually lead to career success for artists and how we can help our teenagers to take advantage of those. And we're going to be talking about Instagram, which is the most important platform for a visual artist to understand and to be on. All kinds of great stuff to cover here. Really excited to jump into this conversation with Magnus. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Welcome, how's it going? Thanks, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you, thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about what has inspired this book, how to become a successful artist. I've been in
1: the art world now for almost 20 years. I started off when I was younger, around 20 years old, um, selling art of friends of mine, artists. And throughout this time in the art world, artists always approach me and ask, hey, Magnus, I need to sell more works, can you help me? So at some point I wrote my PhD thesis about data in the art world. I focused on what makes galleries successful. And then five years ago, I focused on the next logical step which is what makes an artist successful. And the outcome of that data research which was published in Science Magazine is this book where I translated our academic finding into um, simple uh, terms, and made it accessible
0: for artists around the world. You collected a ton of data on like half a million people or something like that, and analyzed all sorts of factors about what leads to successful artists. What was interesting about your results?
1: So what we did is we looked at half a million artists and their corresponding price points in order to find out why do some artists sell for a lot of money and others don't sell at all, even though they create almost identical
0: work. Same basic stuff. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, it's one of these questions that when you go to a museum and with your children and they ask you, hey, mom, I could do that. Why is that in the museum and not my work? why is that that's one of the core questions right every time we stand in a museum every time we hear of a record price every time we stand in a uh, in front of a canvas that is uh, white and just has a black line in it (laughs) and costs uh, a million dollars right and that was really the the research question that triggered um this this research that we did in this book the the simple answer is those artists that sell for a lot of money that made it into the moma and so on they are In the right network it's not that they're doing something unique something they're super gifted with some godly talent that allows them to create revolutionary artworks no it's none of that it's only because they're in the right network and their network consists of gallerists buyers and museum directors slash curators
0: I see. And you like mapped out all these different sort of pockets of networks in different parts of the world and found that most of them are not that helpful in progressing uh, your career as an artist.
1: Correct. What we did is we when we looked at all these half a million artists, we created a map that showed all the institutions that artists exhibit in and the size. We represented them by dots. And the size of the dots showed how significant, how impactful is an exhibition in this particular institution for my price points. And what we saw on this map is that there were a lot of small dots, but there were a few big dots. And those few big dots were all right next to each other. Interesting. And that is what I call the holy land. That means there is a small network where all the powerful players are combined and they feed each other they stay amongst each other think of it as a um on the playground of your high school there were always there was always one corner where the young cool kids were (laughs) and everyone else and the cool kids they all only stayed amongst each other right they didn't let anyone else in from the outside they only wanted to Um, they traded baseball cards but only amongst each other and that's similar to how the art world is structured there is the cool kids are there they are the powerful ones they're the ones that make an artist and if you become part of this network you made it if not you're out of it and you will never become successful
0: You found that really the first 10 shows that people have are are super, super important and impactful. And if you haven't had a, a really big show in your first 10 shows, then the chances that you'll kind of break out get much, much smaller.
1: Exactly. So what makes it even more severe is that the first five to 10 shows matter. If you make it into this network very early on in your career, you will always stay successful. However, if you have made it into this small, tight network, which I call the holy land, Very early in your career, most likely you will never make it. There are uh, some stories of artists that didn't make it very early on in their career and later in their career, maybe even after they died, they made it into the Olympic, into the Holy Network. But these stories, we call them rags to riches stories, are in the vast, vast minority 0.00 something percent. So if you as an artist wait to get discovered at some point in your career, Unfortunately, I have to tell you, based on the data research that we did, most likely it won't happen.
0: So uh, what I thought was interesting is you talk about uh, artists sort of thinking about themselves like entrepreneurs almost. You even talk about having things like a mission statement and a vision statement. If you, if you have a teenager who's interested in art and becoming an artist, how would you help them sort of start to think of themselves in that way and maybe crafting some of these statements?
1: Well, what I just presented to you is very hot and very frustrating, I would call it, yeah. but it is the reality of how the art market works. It's data that you don't learn at art school. At art school, they teach you how to brush the stroke. Right. They teach you, Oh, but what really pays your bills yeah. and makes, gets you into the MoMA is uh, everything else. And that yeah. is what you don't learn at art school. And that was why I wrote this book, because so many of my artist friends are struggling and so many, Um, friends, their children, they ask me for advice about their career path. Should I enter the artwork as a gallerist or as an artist? And since nobody really tells them how hard it is, I wrote that book. On the one hand, to put the data out there and explain it to everyone, hey, this is the industry you're entering. Be aware of it. It is extremely hard. And secondly, if you really want to enter it, then here are the tools that successful artists apply it in order to become successful because how to get into that network is a key question which I answer in that book how to use Instagram how to market myself how to brand myself those are questions that artists are completely left alone with and those I answer in my book it's a handbook for every artist around the world in order to help them enter that network and become successful and here's one more note you might be a mature artist and those five to 10 first exhibitions have already passed and you've exhibited for 20 years a lot of these artists call me up and ask me hey magnus what do i do and i can tell you first of all there are these rag to riches stories yeah so there are people who made it very late in their career and i explain you how they did it because i spoke to them i did over 30 expert interviews with leading artists and gallerists and so on around the world and i also tell them hey you can still make a living from being an artist. You might not make it into the holy land, but there are chances that you can make a living from that by using Instagram, social media, and getting into galleries that might not get you into the MoMA, but still, score you a decent amount of money, so you can have, you can create your art because that's really what it's about: empowering artists, explaining them how the reality is, but also guiding
0: them through that difficult art market. And and Mark, when it comes to markets, uh, something I found really interesting that you talk about in the book is the existence of a primary and a secondary market.
1: Yes. So the art market is split up into two markets. first market is the primary market as the word already suggests primary first right so artworks offered for the first time you could also call the primary market the gallery market galleries offer artworks that offered for the first time and the secondary market second means sold for the second time that's the auction market that's where Christie's and Sotheby's and all these auction houses get involved be aware only a small fraction, a very, very small fraction of artists ever make it from the primary market into the secondary market. Why is that? Because that the art market has a very low liquidity. Uh, that means once you buy an artwork from a gallery in the primary market, most likely you will not be able to sell it again. It's worth nothing. Yeah, right. So only a few artists. There is only a secondary market around it, a resale market, if there is um, interest, if there is demand. And for most artists that you will see in galleries today, they will never make it into the secondary market.
0: And the key to getting into the secondary market is the holy land. Exactly. It's the holy
1: land. What we can see is um, that the secondary market is 20 artists in the secondary market make up 40 percent of the annual auction revenue wow. for contemporary art think about it 20 artists it's i always compare it to um sports okay so when you look at tennis the first top 10 tennis players in the world they make a lot of money yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? rafael nadal federer and alex Verev and Djokovic, and so on but when you look at number 30 in the world uh, or number 40 in the world these guys are struggling and think about it they are the 30th 40th best tennis player in the world they have a unique skill they're so powerful they're so good they will beat every one of us but they don't make a lot of money and in the art world it's the same Mm. a few players at the top they get all the attention they get all the money and everyone else does not
0: but then so the secondary market you as an artist you don't actually make money off of that because that's someone else they've already bought it from you and then now they're reselling it to somebody else um so does that even actually help you to be in the secondary market
1: that's that's exactly right so you don't make any uh money off the works that are sold um your works that are sold in the secondary market however let's say the primary market your work sell for $50,000 and in the secondary market, in the auction market, suddenly a work gets sold for $100,000. Mm-hmm. Automatically, all your works in the primary market increase in value yeah. because now um, people will always refer to um, the secondary market result and say, hey, look, this work is no longer $50,000. It has a resale value of 100000 right. So automatically, your prices in the primary market will adapt and will increase.
0: And then it becomes like an investment.
1: Exactly. And that's why the secondary market, because it's the only place where prices are transparent, has such a great signaling power and is used by galleries and collectors in order to increase the value of an artist. It's that simple. If you want to push an artist, allow them to enter the secondary market and bid up the prices. Uh, if you bid up one work, the 10 others that you have in your inventory suddenly also increase the value. It's that simple.
0: Once you can start pointing to just one work that sold at auction for a really high amount then um all of a sudden it's like wow hey this is a serious artist here yeah exactly so what about the um you have this whole concept of the phases career phases that people go through as artists what does that look like well, I
1: separate the the career of an artist into three phases. I call it the first phase is very early on in your career when you're still at art school um, or, or shortly after leaving art school. OK. Um, I call it the shopping phase where you are kind of you're talking to a few galleries. You're shopping around, really. Where do I fit in? Galleries are also... Uh, offering you group shows and so on. The next phase is the age of around 35. So you've been in the shopping phase for five to 10 years and then the decision phase happens. This is where, so early on in your career, you're only 35 you've only exhibited for a few years and haven't had many shows, right? right? The decision phase is where it find which gallery represents you. Okay. Will it be one of those in the Holy Land or will it be another one? If you made it into the Holy Land, you're done. Congratulations. For the rest of your life, you don't have to worry again. Because people don't drop once they made it to the Holy Land. Because the key stakeholders in the Holy Land don't have an interest in seeing your artworks decrease in value. No, right. Of course, every now and then there are some artists that drop, but they never really were in the Holy Land. If you make it to one of the top five Mm -hmm. galleries, you're done. And then the third phase in your career is the final phase where... You either, if you are a, I call them superstar artists, those are the ones that made it into the holy land. You will just surf on that that wave and that never ending wave. Um, You will get major exhibition shows. You get great book publications. You are throughout a superstar artist. And for all the others, many end their career as a professional artist, and they look for additional revenue streams, they become art teachers, they become, uh, you know, they work in bars, or they do something completely different. And again, others continue to struggle, right. hoping that something uh, might happen, but it won't happen. It is harsh. I know. And here's the advice that I always share with kids of my friends Or uh, young students who are entering this world, they want to work for Sotheby's and they want to work in galleries or artists who are thinking about, hey, should I study medicine or should I uh, go to art school? Well, looking at the data I presented to you, you know that it's very hard. It's harder than any other industry. Mm And I give you another data point. There is no other degree that leads to a higher unemployment rate than an MFA. (laughs) So when you do an MFA, you can be most certain that you will be unemployed. Now, creativity and expressing your emotions, which essentially art is, and representing culture and also being for society, being so relevant by uh, picking up on certain elements and then and digesting them and representing them in art is so important for every society that we are in. Yeah, What I just said might lead critics then say, hey, Magnus, then nobody's doing art, and then we lose as a society. I say, no, people should not stop doing art, but people should stop doing art as their only income stream, as their full-time profession. Create art, um, rent studios, do this on after, after your regular job, do it on the weekends, do exhibitions. But have a job that pays for your bills, that is independent from the art world, that allows you to fulfill what you you desire, but without the stress of being fully dependent on that.
0: We're here today with Magnus Resch, talking about what to do if your teenager wants to be an artist. And we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show.
1: Instagram is the number one platform that people are using to discover artists. When I talk to the top curators in the world and say, oh, do you know this artist? They don't Google the artist. They go to Instagram and look at their work. And if the Instagram page is full of cat photos, that's fine that you like cats. It's great that you have a cat. Do it on another Instagram. On your Instagram, that's your professional page. That's where you need to showcase your art, but also how you create it. And I talk about this um, a lot, Um, how often to post, what to post, what should be descriptions of posts, and so on. And there I talk to experts who base their entire career on their Instagram, like German artist Tim Bengel, who became a successful artist only by leveraging his Instagram if you want to be an artist and if you want to be successful, you need to be an entrepreneur. Totally. When I created an app, I just didn't create the app and uploaded it in the app store and waited. Okay. For Hopefully people will find it somehow and buy it. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to work, right? No. It's just not going to work. We all know that. And you mentioned parents. If you have a child who's really uh, interested in pursuing a career as an artist and you feel like, okay, okay. Um, you cannot, you cannot change her idea on that yeah. and she's really determined to do it, then how you can educate yourself because you become
0: a very important player in that too. Yeah. Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get access to all the interviews I've conducted as well as new episodes weeks before the general public. It's completely affordable and your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening.